You are listening to another Always Moto production. The Emergency Department Podcast. This show may contain information about professional athletes' injuries. It may be descriptive and be unsettling to listeners. The information discussed may at the time of the recording be incomplete and be based on opinion rather than fact. That opinion is and should always be viewed as an opinion only. In short, possible offensive language, injury-based content, not always accurate. If you don't like it, turn it off. Alright, listen up everybody, let's get this riders meeting underway. As you all know, motorcycle racing is dangerous. Riders entering this event do so at their own risk. I'd like to remind you that he is not a doctor. That's right, Moto fans, I'm not a doctor. But I am a physiotherapist, and this is the Emergency Department Podcast. This is an Always Moto production. Welcome to Episode 8. I am David Hogan, your host, physiotherapist from Australia, giving you the injury insight on all the things happening uh, from the injury front for the Monster Energy AMA Supercross. This episode is talking about the things that have happened through the first three rounds. We're heading to A2 this week for Round 4. And there's a few guys that won't be showing up this week. Now, I had a bit of a thought this week. I felt like I was extra busy in these first few rounds, reporting on a lot of different injuries. Uh, And I thought, geez, it seems like there's been more than than in previous years that I've been doing this now. Did a few sums. Yep, I was right. Turns out we've had 7.3 injuries per round uh, in the first three rounds of 2022. Now, if you compare that with 2021 through three rounds, it was 3.7. So we've had a fair increase there in the uh, injury rate for, through three rounds. Honestly, if we keep up this rate, we'll have nobody left by halfway through the series. So the series might start at Daytona because we might have a whole b- bunch of crop of new riders coming in um, to, to start off the series because there'll be nobody left if they keep going at this rate. Hopefully things settle out in that aspect. Obviously, the first few rounds, everybody's super keen, super confident, think that they've got everything sorted out. Uh, and they're just obviously trying a lot harder at this point in time to try and get things done. Uh, and unfortunately, it's gone sideways for quite a few guys already. Um, and we've now got a couple of big names joining the list of riders that are on the sidelines uh, moving forward into the into the middle of the season. And, and, and potentially a couple of them have indicated that they won't be back for Supercross, which is a shame. So a couple of those guys that are not going to be uh, around for Supercross... Big names, big names, real big names. Adam Cincerulo, um, he is out with a, a second injury for this year. He's going to be on the list twice already, and we're only still January. Um, so as everybody knows, he came in with that AC um, separation, uh, which is the collarbone onto your shoulder blade there, uh, where the collarbone lifts up and sort of acts like a bit of a springboard. The ligament gets torn or damaged, and he's, he was struggling with that. He's since then had a crash at San Diego in the whoops in practice or qualifying uh, and has injured his knee. Now, he attempted to race the heat race, but didn't get too far. He got caught up in a first-turn crash, and I think he tweaked it a bit more trying to you know maneuver the bike around there. And and that's it. AC season is done. The, the press release came out. It wasn't very specific as to what the injury is but it said that he's sitting out the rest of Supercross to recover from the knee injury and also allow for some re- extra rehab to occur on that shoulder. So what what injury would be keeping him out with a knee injury for basically three and a half months of Supercross? It's Look, there's this potential that it's an ACL, but it's, it's possibly unlikely. And, and obviously, we're going to probably hear more from AC in the next two weeks, and that'll probably be after he's had any any of the work that he needs to have done, you know, surgically, if that's the option for him. Uh, he'll probably come out with an update after that's all done. But I would suspect that this is something meniscal, um, you know, minor tear in the medial meniscus. Maybe it's a grade two or grade three um, medial collateral ligament tear. Um, and, and look, that one wouldn't necessarily need surgery, but the meniscus might. 
Um, and so that's those are the sort of things that are going to be that sort of window of enough time frame for recovery that's going to you know mean that he would better off just sitting out the rest of the season. So it's a shame for AC, but unfortunately the pattern for AC in his history is exactly this, you know, blazing fast, always injured. Uh, he's got to figure this out uh, before too long. If I'm not mistaken, this year is a contract year for him, so he will be chomping at the bit to try and get back onto the scene for outdoors and have some good results and ideally make a full season, which has been the key for him. He hasn't been able to do that, which is almost almost ever um he's got that outdoor title from the on the lights bikes he he got through a couple of um you know supercrosses in the lights but they're only you know seven eight nine rounds whatever they were at that time uh and and look even those he came in injured or carried an injury through or had a crash during it so it hasn't gone well in the pro ranks for ac uh, and he's got to figure this out shortly Next rider that's going to be missing this week, and I was sort of talking up his chances, uh, you know, uh, of managing the injury through, was Joey, or is Joey Savacci. Uh He did his ACL that week before San Diego and managed to race San Diego, and there was high hopes, well, at least from me, I spoke about it a little bit last episode, about the effort that he would have to go to to manage the ACL through the season, and obviously... First and foremost, the main point for him would be to not dab his foot and not create any more damage to it or impact to it in the next two to three weeks from when he first did it. Obviously, that didn't last very long. Uh, got caught up in a first-turn crash in, in San Diego, tweaked the knee. That's the end of it for him. He's off. He's already had surgery. He, I believe he had that on Monday or Tuesday of this week. Uh, he's already been. Uh, if you follow on his Instagram stories, he's you know his his uh, his uh, child was born this week, so he was in hospital uh, with his partner, and he's already on crutches and had that all done. So for his ACL repair, um, so I, I will try and check in with Joey and see what type of repair he actually had done because there's multiple options that these guys can have for the ligament repair. It's not just your hamstring graft or your patella tendon. There's a few other options these days. It'll be interesting to see what he chose or was recommended as the best option for him and his situation but so that's going to be you know a three three to five month uh, recovery period and i'm saying three to five months normally i would throw out six months for acl but in the the last two years there's been a lot of cases where these guys these professional level racers uh, have come back after an acl injury back on the bike back racing uh, in that three three to sort of five month period uh, which is, you know, for me is a, a bit of a shocker. Um, it's it's not, you know, obviously these guys are getting a super amount of physio and, and treatment uh, rehab aspects for them, but uh, the general pop, generally it's six to nine months that they're, they're dealing with it. But um, yeah, these guys have been able to get this time frame down a lot in recent years. So he is a chance to make it to the start of outdoors. I'd be surprised if he does uh like it's not impossible don't get me wrong it's not impossible but if he does line up he, he will have had minimal practice at that point and he'll probably still be improving over the first four rounds um, i would expect to see him around round four to six coming into the season you know um at, with a bit of prep time in built into that so like he'll have actually had some good time on the bike he'll have had some fitness coming back in and he should actually be ready to go at that stage which would be a good point for him to come in there might be already a few people going out from injury at that point so him coming in fresh probably would be a good thing for him um, i think it's also a contract year for him as well um I, I believe so he would be probably trying to get some results to look for a another ride for 2023 our other one that we hinted at in our um, emergency department article on fullnoise.com.au last week that we didn't have all the details through and the official PR word from was set, that turned out to be it was Seth Hamaker. Um, Seth obviously had a great opening two rounds in the lights class, uh, but during the week practicing actually had a decent crash by the sounds of it and uh, did a compression fracture to his vertebrae too, so T7 and T8. Which basically, for those playing at home, T's is your thoracic, so basically where your chest and your ribs are, that's your thoracic range. So it's right in the middle of that area, just on the lower side. Um, so he's done compression fractures to those, which basically means if you put the, took the vertebra out and squashed it, 
made it shorter that's what's happened to that so he's now now going to be a bit shorter in height at the moment while those things are recovering because the, the the vertebral body the the bony part of that that vertebra is squashed uh it's going to take a little bit of time it's a serious injury really um he may need surgery to stabilize that area usually for thoracic vertebrae they don't need to do surgery because it's all supported by the ribs in that area but depending on how bad that uh, those um, compression fractures are as to whether he will need some work done there or not. He's also uh, got a spleen laceration to go with those compression fractures. Now, this was classed as a grade 3, meaning that it was a significant uh, laceration or cut. Laceration is that fancy medical word for a, for a cut for those you know un, uneducated people that are listening at home wondering what the hell is he talking about? So yeah, a laceration to his spleen. Now his spleen is an internal organ, and and for when it when you do injure this at the track, it is a little bit um, you know dangerous because it's an internal bleeding situation, and you're not always aware that it's a you know there's damage to it straight away, and potentially in severe cases people have bled out from this, but in this day and age a lot of people are a bit more aware of these things obviously they seth was probably having a lot of trouble with with both aspects of this probably would have went to the emergency room rather quickly um, and he would have had to have surgery on that spleen to have that stitched back up now the spleen is basically a blood filter it uh, helps just filter your blood and and keep things clean it's like a, you know uh, goes through and helps with fight infection and all that sort of stuff so it's a clean out point for you people have had it removed Lots of riders have had it removed in, in times gone past because it is something that gets a bit of pressure when you, when you crash and they do rupture and, and they're no good at that point. So they have had them removed. It's not um, massively life impacting for you. If you do have it removed, you do potentially get a little bit more susceptible to having you know, a cold or flu because you don't have that same filtering aspect that's occurring or as many filters occurring throughout the body for your blood. Um, but it's nothing um, super, super life-threatening at that point if you do have it removed. So, But for Seth, both of those injuries are going to add up. It's going to be a decent amount of time that he's off the bike. It's probably at least 8 to 12 weeks that he's going to be looking at sitting on the sidelines, which is not good for him. And then, obviously, then it's going to cut into his prep time for outdoors. So so that's that's the three guys, um, Adam Cincerullo, Joseph Archie, Seth Hamaker, Three decent injuries, three big-name guys in different classes that are now out of Supercross um, for this year. So for 2022, we will unlikely see any of those three guys moving forward, which is a real shame. Obviously, there's some some big guys on big teams. So it'll be interesting to see, especially on um, AC and Joey's side of things, if uh, any fill-in riders uh, get a chance to step in here, seeing as it's rather early for the 450 guys whether they'll have um, you know, somebody take the, that place um, and, and get a chance while these guys are out injured. Be good to see. Was able to check in with a few guys this week. Um, had a bit, few busy messages back and forth on the Instagram direct messages. Uh, it's been nice this year having a few of the guys recognize some of the work that we've been doing and they've actually been providing some really good information, which is awesome. So it's been allowed us to give you that information here. One of those such uh, responses was from Austin Black. Now, we knew that he was out pre-season, but we didn't understand what the injury was. Now, I spoke with Austin. Turns out that he broke his femur and did a kidney laceration. Uh, and he's had surgery on that femur, and he's had a big rod inserted, which is a normal process for a femur fracture. The femur is obviously the biggest bone. I say obviously. Obviously, for me, I know that's the biggest bone. For other people, who might not realize. It's the biggest single long bone in the body. Uh, it also houses all your bone marrow, or not all of it, but your, it's a big production point for your bone marrow. Uh, and it's it's very dangerous to have that bone um, not be stable. So what they do is they put the big um, rod through the length of the shaft of it to stabilize it, and then you can actually pretty much get up and wander around within a day or so. Um, it's not you know not not ideal for you people. Um, to be you know running around on it after that point if you have that injury but it lets you get around a little bit and obviously it gets better quickly it just helps with um, the the recovery process for you because it is a major bone in the body so Austin's on the recovery he tells me that he's aiming to be back ready to go for outdoors which is a good uh, time frame for him 
Most femurs um, are recovered in about five months. So he had it in December, so that puts him as about about April, May, which is about the time for outdoors to start. So he should have a you know few weeks on the bike um, and be able to you know get back into the swing of things, ready for outdoors. Hopefully for him. Next guy on the list, um, we shared this video after Oakland. It's Chad Saltz. He had that big crash where he just basically you know lawn darted himself into the ground. And he, at the time, he told us that he was feeling all right. He was pretty stamp sore, but he was going to give it a crack for San Diego. He wasn't able to get through that. He he had to had to bail on that. Um, he's actually probably sitting out this weekend as well. He is trying to get some therapy. He was going to. It's unsure if he's going to try and ride or not, but he's he potentially not. He's talking about some neck issues that are then causing a nerve issue now. He's been, he's told me that they that the doctors he's seen have said it's like a stinger, which is basically where a nerve gets pinched really quickly. The pressure is put on and really released really quickly, so you still get the symptoms of a you know prolonged nerve compression, but they should resolve really quickly. But for Chad so far, in talking to him on these messages, it's still hanging around. He's having so it's a C5 issue, which is basically it'll be pain around his shoulder and bicep. He might also have some issues at his thumb points, so and that's where the C5 vertebra, so C being cervical, meaning your neck, five being the fifth one down from your skull, um, and then they have a nerve that comes out through there, and it would have been pinched at some point during that crash, in that whiplash type movement that I was talking about with you guys um, when we first saw that crash. And if, if it hasn't been spoken about on the podcast, it's definitely written in my updates that you follow me on on Instagram. So that's that always.moto page. Um, that's me. There's the updates that are in there. But yeah, so I said he had a bit of a whiplash. Now, this is all fitting with that pr presentation for him. So I would expect if he can get this nerve issue to settle, which shouldn't be too hard with some good therapy, some good um, nerve mobilization, or we call it flossing movements, um, he should be able to get it settled within sort of two weeks. So I expect that Phoenix, he's going to be close to being all right um, if everything goes well. The, there is potential that this is more of a, um, you know, a disc bulge from the injury that is now causing, you know, a, a prolonged pressure, not just a stinger type pinching pressure. Uh, and if that is the case, there might be a bit longer and it might need some other, other assistance, um, but hopefully it's only minor and we can get through. So we'll see how that works out for him. Uh, like I said, I, I'm expecting Phoenix for him to be a bit better and give it a bit better go. But if we start talking fantasy early, um, I probably wouldn't be picking him. Sorry, Chad. <laughs> um, and then another update, I've been messaging with Chase Falong. He has a heel heel slash ankle injury that's been re-aggravated. It's a long-standing injury for him. He's still waiting, basically. Uh, I checked in with him yesterday, uh, and he's got his MRI done that day, but he's waiting on a CT um, scan as well, um, and then he'll be reviewing with a specialist. So he probably won't know anymore until next week. So we might get some updates from him later on. We may even get an interview from him on the next episode. We'll see how we go. But Chase has been just uh, hanging out, waiting, unfortunately for him, not knowing too much about what's going on. Now, interestingly, anyone wanting to know, uh, MRI and CT, similar but different. Uh, MRI is obviously what we call the gold standard in imaging. You can see pretty much everything. It cuts through layers um, at multiple layer slices and you can sort of um, target how thick those slices are so you can see through tissue at all different angles and different what we call it different planes through the body uh, and so it picks up all your soft tissue so it's great for things like uh, you know ACL tears which is a ligament it's great for meniscal tears uh, again soft tissue shows all sort of like ruptured hamstrings or torn biceps all that sort of business you will pick up things like fractured bones and all that um, but it's generally not used for bone type things too often um, and that's where the CT scan comes in. The CT scan won't pick up soft tissue but it will th almost, th oh, I should check this more often but uh, it's like a 3D model that will basically scan all the way around uh, the bone and it will do layers as well. It will slice through the layers um, and you will still, 
with all imaging, you do pick up some um, some type of soft tissue. It's just the MRI is the clearest for that. Um, but the CT scan is a different type. So with this heel and the heel bone, um, they're obviously looking into whether there's any ligament damage from the MRI side of things, but then also looking for um, you know so like micro fractures or or other type of fracturing through the heel bone as well that might be causing this problem for him, and why it hasn't recovered. So. Just a little bit of info there on the uh, MRI and CT differences. All right, um, moving on. Fantasy talk. Guys, the Always Moto League is continuing. Goat Brand MX with the socks as the as the prize. It's it's up and there. And look, it's a pretty uh, pretty tight race at the top so far. We've got in the Always Moto League, Motorbike Medic has jumped to the lead this week. He's on 710 uh, points. Uh, he's only got one point lead. Um, last week's leader, Pup275, who was a bit cocky this week in his uh, <laughs> in his analysis, has dropped down to seventh, but he still reckons he's going to win it, so we'll see how that works out. Myself, I've dropped down to 12th, um, and our um, you know, Goat Brand uh, MX uh, sock provider, Nath, he's uh, dropped to last, unfortunately. He had a, <laughs> a shit round, basically. So Nath is on that. Uh, he's get to the chopper, if anyone's interested. He's in 23rd. Um, but yeah, good comp so far, guys. It's been awesome with a little bit of banter. Uh, this week's picks should be interesting. Um, it's, yeah, look, uh, the round previously, it seems like you, you either get a good 250 team or, 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 a, or a bad one, and then the vice versa for the 450s. This week, I'm going playing it pretty safe, I think. I've gone for Chase Sexton as my all-star in the 450s. Picked Mitchell Oldenburg, Justin Brayton, and Marvin Marvin Muskan. Uh, they should be all main event guys. I haven't gone anything borderline there. In the 250s, I've gone for uh, Shimoda as my all-star, Jalik Swole, Dylan Walsh, and Garrett Marchbanks. The only one I'm sort of questioning there is Dylan Walsh, but he rode super well in San Diego, so I'm hoping that he pulls through, and he's got a reasonable handicap of seven. Marchbanks is actually on the bubble for being an all-star, but he's also handicapped zero. So if and he he has the potential to running a podium. So I'm hoping to get some points with him, but we'll see how it works out. So I'm going to post up my team shortly, guys. Um, but I, we want you guys um, posting up your team each week as well. So put take photos of it, like screenshots of it, put it up, tag uh, Always Moto and tag Goat Brand MX, um, and let's keep this chase for the socks going. Um, and see who can get them. Uh, it'll be interesting by the end to see how it works out. Now, we've got something special on this episode. Um, first one for us you know, uh, on this particular podcast platform, we've got an interview with one of the riders who was injured this, this preseason uh, and has been managing his way through things. Now, it's not your typical injury. Um, so we've got Addison Emery from this uh, Samyong race team. Uh, it's a privateer Yamaha effort. Uh, and he came into the season. He's a Phoenix-based uh, guy, Arizona-based guy, um, and he came into the season with uh, a mouth injury. So he actually uh, managed to split his chin open and knock a couple of teeth out, and he's been managing along with that. Uh, and I've been talking to him a little bit through the messages, and he was keen to jump on and have an interview with us, which was awesome. So we're going to pop that in here next, guys. So sit tight. This will play up. It'll be Addison Emery on the Always Moto podcast uh, talking about his injury to his mouth. So listen up. All right, guys and girls, we've got Addison Emery, number 538, on the line with us today to talk through a little bit about an injury that he's had this season uh, coming into Supercross. He rides for the Sum Yum race team. It's a Yamaha privateer sort of effort over on the West Coast, uh, and he's on the line with us. So welcome, Addison. Thank you for having me on. No dramas, man. Appreciate the time. So the injury side of the sport is a pretty prevalent thing for us. It happens all the time, as we were just talking about sort of before we hit record. It, it, it's sort of the sport we love and the, the, the sport comes along with uh, some negative aspects and unfortunately injuries is one of them. Yeah, definitely. Um, unfortunately, it, I got injured again this year, but at least it didn't keep me from riding but one weekend. So at least it was pretty manageable. Yeah. And yours is a little bit, you know, different. Like we always usually end up talking about, you know, like a broken collarbone or a broken leg or a dislocated shoulder. 
you know it's not um not too often that we we get to one that's like yourself where it's it's teeth related you know but funnily enough there was yourself and i think uh it was carson brown at, at the opening round as well got a mouth injury that i think he did some damage to his teeth as well so you know two in the sort of quick space of time that's similar sort of thing yeah uh his happened at a1 mine happened the tuesday before a1 but both similar i, I talked to him last week at, over at state fair and i think he said he broke one tooth and a couple were loose mm. but yeah definitely the teeth is not a fun one though i feel him on it and he's also riding through it, so yeah it's one of those ones that's probably you, you know if as long as you can deal with the pain or the, or the throbbing in that area that you're probably okay to get get through so it's a little like i said a little bit different injury for for us to um be talking about this time but but yeah it's it's good to hear so so like you said you had that sort of that that injury just before um anaheim won so so what happened that day where were you where you were at and and how did the the injury occur um i was out at fox and I believe it was on my last moto, but just a rhythm back rhythm line was a two, three on, on, off, a uh, step on off mm-hmm. and overshot the on a little bit and went over the bars and smacked my face pretty good. <laughs> I don't. Was it the bars that got you or the ground that got you in the face to, to do the, the damage? If I'm being all honest, I really haven't quite put the crash all together yet i'm still trying to just still trying to fit it together but that's what i picked up from it yeah sure all right so so what like you obviously had the crash and probably stopped that day but what then you know obviously you probably were i gather you had like some blood in the mouth and stuff like that what did you do did you have to go to the the hospital did you did you go to a dentist straight away what like for me i I would think normally when you get an injury it's pretty obvious you go to the hospital but like being a dental you know mouth teeth thing is was that the first point of call for you or or what did you do um surprisingly enough i drove myself to the hospital yep and like i drove there holding gauze to my chin Yep. And they gave me stitches. Then I drove back to Phoenix the next day. And then my parents took me to the dentist. And then we started going through the process of getting my teeth fixed and getting surgery and all that. Why? That's why I missed Oakland, because I had to get surgery to get my teeth removed. Mm hmm. Because I tried riding at A1 and the cracked teeth were just too much pain. Yeah. And you said, I think you said in one of the conversations we were having at that time that with the surgery and that you weren't going to do painkillers. Were you not using painkillers at that that A1 event like to try and get through or were you on on something to try and help manage that for you? No, um, I'm a strong, strongly against painkillers, so... As long as I can, I mask it. A few times, like I grabbed some painkillers because I just couldn't handle it anymore, but mm. kept it to a bare minimum. Yeah, you guys got to be careful too from the side of things of like you know potential drug testing and all that sort of stuff too. So you can't take too much stuff because it's a risk, isn't it? Um, not really that. Just because like it it is prescribed to me and like and all that stuff, and for, like it was like from injury mm-hmm. right yeah just like the whole get everyone getting addicted to it here and like i've seen way too many riders so i just tried to staying away from it completely like if anything like ibuprofen 600 at the max yeah for me yeah it's probably a smart move because it is a in the history of moto and all the injuries that go on, you do hear a lot of those stories where the guys have, you know, gone in for a procedure and, you know, been prescribed a pretty heavy painkiller. And next thing you know, they're addicted to that thing. And look what's happened to a few different riders that have, you know, not done so well afterwards and in, in general life, you know, and, and even taken lives because of these sorts of things that have started from just a, you know, a broken bone that needed surgery. So yeah, it's a good idea to try and not take those things if you can, if you can help it. Yeah. Like, luckily for me like i think like i got myself like against them because like every time like 
I have taken one. Like, I feel horrible the next day, so I'm just like, I don't even want to take one because I know I'm going to feel just as bad the next day. Yeah. Like, not, like, pain-wise, but, like, how, like, run down I feel. Yeah, so it's knocking you around when you do take it too, which is, yeah, that's a, it's a, just a side effect of it. So that's, yeah, it's interesting on that side too. So it's just like kind of like, it. I, I don't keep me from wanting to take it, so. Yeah, cool. So when you, when we've had this crash and like you mentioned, you had the, the stitches. So how many stitches did you end up? And that was in your chin, wasn't it? I had uh, 20 on the outside and three on the inside. Oh, okay. So it was deep. So they had to get some like inside there as well to, to put it back together. Yeah. I think it was like, it was an inch and a half apart. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> That's not comfy. So did, yeah, I guess, my, could you see your chin bone at that point? If I'm being honest, I never really saw it. <laughs> you didn't want to look probably. <laughs> well, I, my only way of seeing it was on like through Snapchat and yep. <laughs> yeah. they got a better view of it than i did oh nice okay so and then so the the teeth aspect when he did get to the dentist what did he say was he just like oh what the hell did you do to yourself sort of thing or or what was it he was like yep then you come out yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i was like he was like when you want to make the appointment i was like can i do monday um so i could raise a1 yeah. So I came back out to California for Anaheim one, tried racing, bad decision, but <laughs> tried it, sat out Oakland, then came back to San Diego. So, and so you had the surgery that week between like you, the one you missed Oakland on that was, you had it just a few days before Oakland was meant to run, wasn't it? Yeah. I had it the Monday after a one. So I just had the few days before, few days till Oakland. So decided to sit it out. Then I went back out to California that Monday. Yeah. And rode all week. And it took me a good minute to feel comfortable again. So glad I went back out. So it wasn't easy straight away when you got back on the bike for that that Monday, that first day back. It was a bit, you know, I gather your head was maybe bouncing around a bit too much and causing a bit bit of pain. No, not really the pain, just kind of like the mental aspect because like mm. like any like like say if I clipped the back wheel, yeah. I would get all in my head again or not again, but lock up. So it took me like a good two days to start flowing again fair enough yeah it's a that's one aspect of of all this isn't it that like yes you get injured but if you do try and get back on there there is that mental side of things to say yes i can still hit that jump or that rhythm lane in the way that i was doing it before and not just you know like you said you're just hanging a wheel up and 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 that was sort of giving you a bit of grief in the head to say hey that wasn't didn't feel right i don't know if i should do that again i gather so Oh, I, this is honestly the first time that's ever happened, but I can honestly say this has been the worst injury uh, I've ever had. And I've had my fair share of injuries, sad to say. <laughs> most, most, uh, most guys that get to your level, you know, trying to go pro and, and end up at the pro ranks, they, they have had a, a, you know, a bit of a laundry list, as they say, that, you know, to, to go behind them. There's not too many that are coming in there without something. So, yeah, not surprised that you've had a few beforehand. Yeah, so, but definitely recommend wearing a mouth guard now to anyone, to anyone riding. Well, that's that's funny because I've got a I've got a guy that um I sort of talk to on on Instagram a little bit, and he he has like this helmet tech um company that he's developing, and he and he actually asked me about was he wearing a mouth guard, and I said, look, I'll find out. Um, and then obviously what your opinion is on that afterwards, because there's a couple of trains of thoughts and there's not many people that run mouth guards. Like I think I've seen Eli take it out a few times and, but there's not too many others that you see, um, you know, with it in and, and, and using it. So, so you weren't using one at the time of the crash, I gather. No, I was not sad to say, and out of any gear to wear, I 100% recommend mouth guard. Yeah, right. So so you've been using it since then, I gather. 
yeah i it took me a few days to get used to but now it's pretty normal so it doesn't change like like it doesn't affect like how you breathe or you know i don't some guys ride with their tongue sticking out at different times like it doesn't um you know change that aspect for you no i got the uh shock doctor like really low profile one okay and i don't really know much it's in there like it hangs like pretty good at like lip level like lip level so it doesn't hinder my breathing much at all yeah awesome so oh that's interesting yeah it's one of those ones that yeah the, when when i put that post up about you he came came out straight away and said oh i wonder if he was wearing a mouth guard and i was like yeah because some people use them there's there's the train of thought in like the the football leagues that they use them for trying to reduce concussions as well because of the the vibration that it can sort of you know um take down some of that forces it sort of lessens it a little bit but then obviously there's the dental aspect as well so yeah from your side yeah. of things it sounds like you're pretty uh pretty sold on it because usually those dental bills are pretty expensive too I, I gather that's been a bit hard for you too yeah definitely not helping the privateer budget much but <laughs> yeah so, um luckily enough i have a full-time job that i have insurance through oh nice. so it so that's been helping out a ton but definitely not why needed in the checkbook right now no most people's budgets for racing is pretty tight as at the best of times let alone when you've got to you can't pay for a few teeth to get fixed up or pulled out or re-put back in whatever so so if they left yeah. you with um left you with nothing in there like they've taken the teeth out and you've got a gap or, or is there a plan to put in some things later in life or, or what's the yeah story i right now i am running like just a retainer with implants in yep and April 19th, I have the consultation to get implants put in. Okay. So I won't have to worry about dentures my whole life and get just getting permanent real teeth. Yeah, no. Nice. Permanent fake real teeth. Yeah, I'd hate to have like a, you know, be left with a gap there, sort of, you know, if you knock a couple out and you had to be left with nothing and, or, or, you know, moving them like the retainer bit, putting them in and out every day, that'd just be a pain in the ass for any real length of time, you know? So. yeah so i figured i might as well just get it done with so yeah well especially like you said if you've got your um uh your medical bit there with your job like your health insurance through your job there yeah. you do it while you've got it sort of thing and get it sorted out while you're young too so that helps yeah that and i like to date so i can't really be going on dates point out <laughs> Fake <laughs> that would be a little bit off-putting i'm sure for the for the right. chips on the other side eh? it's not going to be a, a strong move so no <laughs> no de definitely wouldn't help it out much no not at all no so now you said as we were talking beforehand too before we recorded you're saying that like this week's been a little bit rough that you're having some pain and you had to go back to the the i gather it was a, the dentist you went back to yeah because my filling actually wound up falling off um like two days after my surgery or whatever. Yep. And I just kind of ignored it. And I was like, oh, I'll get it dealt with whenever I go back. Yeah. Because I had a follow-up uh, that Monday. And or actually it was supposed to be Tuesday. But I, I turned it into Monday because how much pain I had. Well, whenever the filling fell out, I got a cavity back there. Oh, because yep. I was slacking on brushing. <laughs> but, well not slacking but I, I was like really ginger because of my stitches yeah yeah you had a reason so, like, to be a bit had, cautious <laughs> yeah well i didn't do a good enough job and yeah. caused me to get a cavity so i had to get a root canal Ooh, uh, fantastic on monday so how's this all all working out now for you then? Like we're a couple of days past that is the pain settled down and, and are we feeling all right like have you ridden again since um no i actually i had to go to work on tuesday yep after get after getting my root canal so i went to work tuesday wednesday and i'll go to work tomorrow then i'll leave for anaheim too yep. and thankfully i got to i got the invite to ride press day so oh nice i get to ride the track beforehand 
Well, that will hopefully help you just like you said before about getting that confidence back in and, and that first ride back on the bike. You'll at least do yeah. it on the track you're going to race on too. So that should be nice. Yeah. Get to figure out the rhythm lanes ahead of time. And yeah, so I don't have to worry about learning the track when it's all slippery and free yeah, fre- practice. Freshly watered, slick, slick. And uh, yeah, nothing, yes. no grip. Yeah. That's always fun. <laughs> yeah. Free practice is always the biggest struggle because we get to break in the track and so you're yeah. going out in group what group c group b uh depending on the weekend of how many people but at the two i've done a1 and uh san diego yeah i was both group c yeah nice okay yeah so you guys are first on track then aren't you yep yeah yeah so fantastic yeah you get covered in the most mud and yeah get to enjoy all the slick stuff so yeah that's <laughs> yeah the only perk is that we get fresh loops but <laughs> downside is that they're it's usually so slick that you don't get drive to get across them well maybe once or twice yeah yeah the the downside of it the fresh track but yeah no no line no no grip nothing yeah awesome <laughs> so i gather this weekend it's going to still be a bit of a struggle for you with the with the mouth probably still not feeling 100 percent comfortable honestly the past few days um have been really good okay like i had that one day then the the uh tuesday like it was a little bit sore eating but today i was eating fairly normal like fairly easily but there's like no pain like when i was working out this morning so oh that's good that's that's positive then for you so and yeah, how, so we, you, you brought on the meal side of things too like did you did you have to change your diet there for a little while like have to go to soft foods or or, or um you know smoothies or something like that so yeah i've lived off a lot of protein shakes and smoothies, <laughs> Love but that. yeah eating has been a, a struggle because smoothies don't really fill you up too well and no, i just don't want you. real food you well, yeah, that's always nice, isn't it? Tuck into a steak or something like that. So, is this the, it? Was the front teeth, wasn't it? Uh, no, uh, both all, uh, all four teeth were on the left hand side. Oh, okay, yeah. So, well, at least I suppose you could try and eat just on the on the right hand side then to get away with some of it, but yeah, still, it's still not, not comfy. So. Yeah, I had in and out the other day and like I cut it in a quarter so I could eat it on the left side <laughs> of my mouth and not like bite in on the right hand side you're killing me with the in and out talk you realize like i'm australian but i've been over a few times to to the um to the events and you know that's the one thing you always got to get on the on the first first day you land and on the last day before you leave you've got to go through in and out so you're killing me with that talk you realize like i know you, you're in pain trying to eat the in and out but still like we can't get it over here right true <laughs> I'll, I'll send some over your way hey if it, if it makes it that far awesome yeah <laughs> i mean like they got drives right they ship steaks that way. Well, yeah, surely they can do it somehow, but they, it's it's high, it's high on my list as to like I said, the first time you first time I land back in there, whenever that gets to be the next trip, straight to in and out. So yeah, <laughs> I think there's one like at least within five miles of every airport on the west coast. I seem to remember there's one right near LAX because I seem to go there every time. Like I said, when we land or when we're leaving, so and <laughs> it's been pretty regularly frequented that one. But anyway, I do not doubt that. <laughs> so let's 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 look in the future now with with everything that you've gone through. You, you obviously had some expectations coming into the season, and that was probably before you had that crash where do you see yourself now what are you trying to aim for for the rest of the season given that you've had a bit of a, a rough start here with um you know training and riding and all that sort of stuff uh, it's been a rough start to the season to begin with um i went from well, I, I got my race bike in north carolina by vp i've been with him for years so i got my bike built and was able to ride a few days but rain decided to it decided to rain every day in north carolina during, in december so yeah didn't get to ride, ride supercross on with a rainy day so yeah yeah it that and like no track is really open during and i opened so mm. couldn't ride got to ride two days like i felt 
like I felt comfortable in like my motor settings. So uh stopped at my house for Christmas, went to California. And then first week there rained. <laughs> and everyone went to ACP, um, which is an yeah. hour and twenty minutes from my house. Yep. Went weather weather lies sometimes. So then I was uh road the week before Anaheim won, started feeling like really comfortable. Then the next day I had the crash. Yeah. Fantastic timing as always with injuries. So yeah. Yeah. But can't complain. I'm feeling feeling a lot better now. And last weekend was definitely frustrating getting 41st but i saw that man i was like oh geez you're only like i think it was 0.2 or something off of um you know a qualifying spot so yeah i figured you must have been a little bit bummed but also probably still a bit sore from it all so hopefully this weekend's on fact that wasn't even that's not even the smallest i've missed qualifying once before in amzor ring across i missed it by uh point like oh seven tenths of a second oh geez that's gotta be rough man (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely definitely frustrating, but just use it all as motivation to go faster. Yeah, definitely. So main main ex, main uh, main expectation for you this weekend is obviously to make the night show, I gather. Definitely that is what I'm going there to do. Nice, nice. Okay. Is there many entrances this, this week? I saw there wasn't actually too many on it on it for uh for last round. Is is there the same amount of people? Have you seen this this week or not? You don't know. Um if honestly I don't really look at it because oh, I just don't wanna I'm one of those people that get in their heads, so Yep. I just try to like focus on myself and go there, do what I'm supposed to do. Fair not enough. worry about not worry about whoever's around me yeah that's probably the, the easiest way to do it, especially when you're just trying to you know get into the get into the show as they say just concentrate on doing a few laps for yourself so yeah it's probably yes. a good thing yeah lap times aren't haven't been my thing i've been more of a racer not a one lap guy so definitely still need to figure that out yeah, well, that's the that's the ki- trick, isn't it? When you're on that bubble for just trying to get into the the, the night show, it's it's all based on one lap, pretty much. So yeah, you got to figure out how to switch off the sensible part of the brain for for fifty or sixty seconds and and just go for it. So yeah, like oh, going up, growing up to like amateurs, I always like practice more to be like consistent than yep. than I guess just have that all out like fast lap time. Because, like, Loretta's and everything, I was always super consistent, like, Minio's, mm. like, always consistent with my, like, lap time and everything. But just never can throw down that lap time, but oh, slowly right. figuring it out. Maybe it's a good thing for you for um, when you do get into the night show, maybe those heat races and LCQs will be a good good thing for you then because you'll you'll shine in those aspects. So, fingers crossed, though. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, Super comfortable on my starts. My bike, VP built a rocket ship, so confident on those. So, yeah, cool. I'm pulling some LCQ hole shots, but nice. the goal was to not be in them to get it straight in through the heat. Oh, obviously, yeah, yeah. He, the amount of guys that get harpooned in those, it, it seems a good thing to avoid. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, the one good thing though, is, like when I'm up in front of the pack, I can go that speed. I know. Because I used to live with like uh, Garrett Marchbanks, and oh, yeah. when him and I rode together, our lap times were always super similar. So oh. I know if I'm up there, I can run that speed. It's just getting getting up there is getting there in the first place. So one one yeah. start and a, and a yeah, qualifying and a, and one start. So yeah. Oh well. Well, look, man, appreciate the time today. Is there anyone you would like to thank um, while you've got the opportunity? Definitely can't thank uh, Riley and Colton enough for helping me out this year. Somnium Racing, VPE, uh, Mind Effects, LS2 Helmet, 
active gear, flow vision goggles. Anyone else I forgot? Thank you. <laughs> there's always a list, isn't there? And there's always somebody that misses out on that, that getting the five seconds, but it's always, they're all part of it. So thank you for um, well, supporting him. <laughs> yeah, definitely. This year we had a big change up in sponsors. So still getting used to the, used to everybody, but thank you for everyone helping me out this year. Oh, awesome, man. Well, look, hopefully the uh, the teeth and, and all the future couple of bits of repair work that they're going to do goes smoothly and, and there's no more hiccups. And um, like I said to you before we, we, we started this this show, is that like it's nice that you can join us. Hopefully it's not for another, you know, any more injuries in the future. <laughs> hopefully you can get some interviews hopefully. and some other podcasts and stuff as well. So, but I uh, appreciate your time and uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me on. Well, that was an awesome interview with Addison. We appreciate his time and his information that he was able to give us. Um, it's not always, you know, these writers aren't always open with all that sort of information. And I'm hoping that this podcast and my my injury content was starting to bring some of that out for these guys and, a, and an outlet for them to talk about it um, and fill us in a bit more. Because a lot of the times, take the AC um, press release that came out where it just, just says his knee was injured. Come on, guys, there's how many things in the knee that could go wrong, you know, get injured and go wrong and cause him to be out. Let's be a little bit more specific. We want to know these details in, in this day and age. So I appreciate that, Addison. Thanks for the info. We're hoping to get a few more riders do some interviews for us. They don't necessarily have to have a current injury, but it, it's we're trying to work on ones that have had injuries in this season. So we'll see how we go. We'll reach out to a few more people over the next few weeks and see if we can get anyone else on board. Um, and just bring you guys some more content, which will be awesome. So that's it, guys. Um, end of the show. Uh, thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Instagram. It's at always.moto. Um, if you want to support the show, if you want to sponsor it, get some reads happening for us so that we can uh, plug your business, your brand, feel free to reach out to me. My email is alwaysmoto2019 at gmail.com. We'd love to have you on board. You don't necessarily have to be an injury-based, you know, a protective product. You could just be anything to do with moto, not even moto. Anything that would support that we can support and show some, um, you know, do some promotion for you. That'd be fantastic to have you on board. So reach out, guys. I'd really love to have some help with this. Um, and we're going to have to start paying for some podcast hosting and all that stuff shortly. We've been using up the freebies for now. But we're going to have to get into that. So it's going to start costing us some money to do this. So if we want this to keep going, going to need some support. So, but for now, guys, uh, that's it. Be fast, be smooth. Because if you're not, I'll probably be seeing you in the emergency department.